Welcome back to another Untitled TV review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved Eric Marchin. Matt, is it TV? Is it content? Or is it a student film being presented as an art house flick on Netflix? <laughs> damn, damn, coming out hot out of the gates. Um, yeah, you know what? On we're ty- we're called the Untitled Movie podcast reviews whatever but you know from time to time we do review uh hashtag content eric uh if it makes the sense. lines and are blurring matt every day it really is i'm i'm obsessed with mayor of east town now will i put it on my best movies of the year i don't know watchman was on my best movies of the year before anything with gene smart you'll put on your top five yes god god bless her uh but today we are reviewing season three uh technically season three but it's really titled master of none presents moments in love so season three of master of none directed by aziz anzari uh written by aziz anzari and lena waith uh starring lena waith and naomi aki uh it's a five episode uh miniseries um uh in the same quote-unquote universe as master of none uh, Lena Waithe's character, who you would know from the first two seasons, it focuses on her and her relationship um, with her wife, uh, played by Naomi Aki. It is now streaming on Netflix. Kind of a surprise drop, Eric. We didn't know that they were working on season three of Master of None. We heard rumblings, and then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, it's coming out next month. Well, and part of that as well has to do with looking outside of the show because Aziz right. Ansari, you know, was accused of uh bad behavior in sort of in the me too era yeah. so you know him stepping away it, from the spotlight for a while kind of made sense and it was a shame because the show was so well written and there was a lot of other people I agree, like yeah. alan yang yeah. you know who's the co-creator of of that series and and his film um his feature length uh directorial debut tiger tail is also available on on netflix and right it kind of almost feels like an expansion or could be a companion piece to that one episode uh about parents and sort of you know being right right the, right. the son of or the daughter of an immigrant who comes to america for a better life for you and you know you get to a certain age where you put aside you know um your your parents for trivial things or you complain about stuff and 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 you kind of get caught up in the luxury of of everything where you know you don't you don't take that moment to realize how much your parents sacrifice for you and that's kind of what tiger tail is in in a feature film version with a lot of you know references and and visuals to Wong Kar Wai specifically where this you know you look at the first two seasons of of Master of None like they are still kind of sitcommy and 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 zany to an extent yeah, playful playful yeah. and they're using a lot of you know neo-italian realism interjected in there i mean the bicycle thieves specifically was was referenced directly in in one episode now you're getting basically the bergman uh show for you know these these five chapters and 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 it obviously specifically is referencing you know scenes from a marriage with the first episode and how the first and fifth episode kind of come full circle and part of that is interesting in terms of sort of grounding the show in something that's more mature over time and how people right. change and and how success changes people uh, <laughs> lena waith's character denise having you know 
released a book that has her first book that has become very popular. And now she's kind of feeling the pressure to deliver uh, on a second one. And at the same time, her wife, Alicia played by uh, Naomi Aki, who we'll talk about a a little bit more in in a bit, you know, um, probably a lot more, (laughs) a lot more. She, she is really the, the highlight of, of, of this sort of, mini season, season yeah. point remember when x-men re- released like 2.0 like x-men 2.0 or like sure yeah, it it's yeah. almost feels like that's what they're doing with this because like even though it is considered season three like you mentioned it almost feels like like a short essay or a short film within the quote-unquote universe of it but going back to alicia she in the master of non-expanded universe yeah, yeah she wants to have a child and you know biology that clock is ticking so you know that that's sort they're of they're in a, their a, mid-30s at mi- the beginning well, of late, the show, yeah. yeah well late 30s because she's 37 right well 34 at the beginning 34 at the beginning and again that's another thing that's kind of interesting with how time the lineage of time kind of works in this show and, and how yeah. that maybe will connect or, or sort of change the series maybe moving forward if it continues with season four or season five and sort of, yeah. you know, how they sort of uh, calibrate that afterwards. Um, but it's what, what you'll notice, what I think a lot of people will, mm-hmm. will dislike about it. And I actually kind of enjoyed it for what it was trying to do, even though you can see what it's doing in every single frame is that it's beautifully composed static shots that are, in four by three aspect ratio that are usually in, in wide. So you'll have the characters sort of interacting within, uh, you know, their upstate New York sort of, uh, idyllic cottage country home, or you'll have characters kind of moving around within the shop, but there's not a lot of physical movement with the exception of when people are driving, which there's a couple references to, uh, the three colors trilogy, uh, specifically blue when you see sort of like, or, or even more recently phantom thread did something similar where you have characters from the point of view of, of inside the car and the car is driving and the, and, and the shot is moving that way, but it's mostly sort of stilted and stationary for the majority of the film or for the series. And what I kind of liked about that is that it takes a moment to breathe and let these characters sort of interact in a way that feels like the show and sort of the creators are growing because you think about like how that compares to those first two seasons, like, you know, dev being becoming a, a, a chef and then also yeah. the, the host of a cupcake reality TV show. And how it's just a much different is. personality than, you know, the, than Denise, the two, yeah. Yeah. Than Denise and the two women in this. So the show kind of had to match that. And you can all, obviously, you know, the first two seasons, like you mentioned, Eric are referencing tons of different, you know, uh, European Italian films and just films that Aziz Ansari really loves and just kind of taking and paying homage to all of that. And uh, this season is also doing that, but like you said, in a much kind of quieter and and simpler kind of way. And and I, I dug that about it too. And um, I'm a little mixed on, on the season overall. And I think you're in the same boat. Um, um, but I, I did kind of enjoy it's kind of peaceful, like tranquil kind of, I mean, there are some obviously emotional moments throughout the series, but when it comes to the actual direction, like, like you said, it is very static. It is just feels like there's lots of just shots of this kind of farmland that they live on in upstate New York. And like, um, and I just kind of liked its quiet kind of direction that just like lets the characters live and doesn't necessarily, it, it's obviously, um, has a lot of style to it just by the way of him making it four by three. It's, I get think shot on film again, unless they are just really good at making it look like it's shot on film, but shot better than bank. 
That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> if, it, um, if it is faux it, film, because I think he shot the first two seasons on film, but I, I'm not. It almost looks sure, like it's shot on like 16 millimeter. Yeah, or something which like I think that. he probably would have done. And because um, like that's what I love about the first two seasons too, of with the music and the you know the uh, two four nine or two three nine aspect ratio, and it does look like it was shot on film. And it's like the attention to detail that Aziz, you can tell he really loves movies and just and he that oozes into this and then um i just kind of like that you're it allows you to just live with them and kind of live in this farmhouse and just experience their marriage and their lives and organically and um i i think where it kind of struggles for me is in a little bit of the writing and um and I know we can't talk about, I know it's already out now. So maybe this was for embargo stuff, but there is a spoiler list. So we can't talk about certain things, but um, I just feel like some of the writing um, and where the season goes felt a little kind of off to me, or just felt like it was serving uh, its, its end. And just, it felt like a little obvious or a little kind of, kind of like rolling my eyes at certain things or a little forced, um, when it comes to their relationship and, you know, having to get, you know, have a plot for the season, um, that didn't feel organic to me, um, when it comes to the middle part of the season, uh, and the last episode. Um, but other than that, like, I think Naomi Aki is, is excellent in this. Um, I, I, I really, really, really think she's fantastic. And I know Eric, you're going to talk about episode four and I'll let you kind of go into that and I'll jump in. But like, like, I, think, I just, I mean, this is again, this so is baseball. we can't talk about the last episode and then okay. we can't talk about specifics, uh, of, you know, uh, what happens if that you kind of probably know what I'm talking about, right, but, right. um, any specifics Han Solo of, dies. Yeah, exactly. So um we can't talk about even maybe specifics about um we can talk about certain elements of uh, of episode 4 but episode 4 focuses on Naomi Aki's character it's basically all her um and I think she that's the best episode of the season. Um there's a I want to give a shout out to there's a a woman who plays a nurse in in that episode and she is fantastic i just thought she was like so wonderfully natural and just like so comforting and um i i don't know whether she's a real nurse in real life and they just got her to you know do these scenes or if she's an actress but i thought i think you know who i'm talking about yeah, I do. but like yeah. i just thought she was so wonderfully naturalistic and um kind of a revelation for me in that episode and just a very simple kind of like very believable style of acting where i'm like you got to be a real nurse the way that you're like um well, the way that it's, it's very procedural like, but also at the yeah. same time she has a better bedside manner than say uh the fertility doctor that, yes, that, that yeah, she's yeah. working with so like yeah, yeah I, I totally agree agree with you with those scenes those are really powerful understated emotional and beautifully textured moments and naomi aki throughout this entire you know five chapter run um as alicia is is fantastic and like it drives me like you know making the han solo joke but it drives me yeah. nuts and rise of Skywalker. that that she is wasted in in that movie and and again like you know being a new character introduced into a third film you know the ninth movie of a final of a 
yeah. you know, a series is one thing. But like you look at what she's done also in, you know, like Lady Macbeth with Florence Pugh or in more recently in Small Axe's education uh episode. Uh she's really wonderful in that as well. And and this, like, there's so much emotion and humor and heartbreak with this character um that is so life affirming and and positive in an independent manner that I really, really loved. And that the idea that this character, you know, knows what she wants and she is willing to go there with or without anybody else. And she is willing to put in the work and effort, even if that means being alone. And like, that's the stuff that I found absolutely fascinating. And, you know, you talked a little bit about it on, on our sort of regular show with our Sundance wrap up. And I just recently watched it. It's interesting to see both, this and together together yeah. kind of talk about you know in vitro fertilization and sort of like what the idea of the nuclear family is and how that is changing but even though the world is changing you know the idea of insurance and and sort of the writing isn't there's a great scene where you know her doctor is telling her like you know um this sort of method doesn't cover you know gay parents or or single parents yeah. and that reminded me both of of this and of together together but yeah like you know the insurance covers the cost of being sucked into a jet engine or being attacked by yes, an orca. that line was great and yeah. it's ridiculous because i was thinking like as soon as they said like being attacked by an orca i thought of the the, the scene in uh in the movie orca which is a jaws ripoff <laughs> with bo derrick being attacked by an orca and i'm like, like well at least she has coverage is, yeah, you know exactly um, yeah, yeah. but but like that's those are the moments that i think work the best and i think Again, it's really down to performance because some of the writing, I agree with you, where like, you know, it, it's it's predetermined a lot yeah. of the way. And even though I do like where it ultimately ends or it feels melancholy in the way that it is referencing yeah. Bergman or even, you know, Russian filmmaker uh, like Tarkovsky in that kind yeah, of nostalgia, yeah, yeah. nostalgia kind of way, um, it just feels like the writing is is not matured enough yet like the writing is kind of forced a little bit where like that first season of master of none felt so thought out and 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 they took the time to really put that thing together and you could really even tell like in that second season that dip in quality after you know the first couple of episodes when 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 dev is in italy and you know trying to work at being a cook and, and and a chef and then when he comes back to New York, like all of that stuff kind of felt a little bit rushed for the most part. And this kind of feels like they had an an interesting idea that was intimate and 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 sort of, you know, vulnerable and sort of looking at relationships and looking at sort of, you know, um sort of relationships that are quote unquote outside of the norm when it comes to yeah. queer relationships. And like that is is interesting and and well done and and to normalize that is fantastic but at the same time it doesn't do anything that's really all that interesting or groundbreaking it just kind of tells a story we've seen you know yeah. many many times before in a way that kind of the way- feels yeah, a little sorry. bit you know like okay this is very student filmy because like that's like, what i mean seasons like, are, yeah. like okay we get it you watched you know a lot you, of you watch scenes from a marriage you yeah. watched a lot of bergman movies you watched nostalgia you and watched- even then it doesn't even get to that level like no. it's paying homage to those and and obviously it's lovely in those aspects but when you go back to the writing there are certain things that i don't necessarily want to talk about but like a character finds an item 
on the floor. And I'm just like, that seems really convenient just to get to the the point. I'm like, there's gotta be a more interesting way for you to get to, you know, the, the, where you need to go in this story without it being like feeling really lazy and like, just like, Oh, how do we get out of this? Or how do we get to that point? So we get to that moment in episode five or get to the moment in episode four and have this stuff happen. And it just feels like there could have been a more interesting or, um, kind of meaty like way to get there and it just felt very or an like, honest way like, i think i think an the honest way, that way they yeah betrayed like, denise in in this mm. first chapter and in the second chapter you could have gotten there by latching on to something in that yeah or or, yeah. or or maybe like the idea of of it being so much of uh you know so much guilt sort of being real yeah. with that character or, or the idea of success going to her yeah. head you could do it in a way that kind of felt like she comes to reveal the truth in, in, in her own yeah, manner exactly. without having to, again, you know, find, to this, find a plot device to yeah. kind of move things along. And, and I that's do think the that kind there, of stuff. That, yeah. And I do think that there is a really good moment after that's all I, revealed yeah. where like there's a hypocrisy in sure. this great moment. But you could have got to that point in without a having way. the lazy plot device. And I think it's those kind of convenient or kind of like student filmy type writing that I'm just like, ah, there's, there had to be a better way to get there that, cause you do have really great, you know, character beats and moments between this couple. And I agree with you, Eric, that that representation here of having, you know, a black queer couple like front and center, like, um, basically the leading this entire thing, showing the relationship of how, you know, the, the very specifics about them being, you know, uh, a, a black couple and a queer couple, but then also it feeling very, um, you know, just, uh, just anyone who's in a relationship can relate to, you know, some of the issues and different things going on. And like everyone goes through their problems or if you've had a tough relationship or if you've gone through anything like that or been married or something, I think you will find kind of some similarities there but i just think all of that is 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 fantastic and and super important to show on a stage like this on a big show like master of none and i mean they were already showing this stuff in the first two seasons when yeah the thanksgiving episode Um, in season two with angela bassett playing uh uh, lena waits uh mother and like obviously she has a a voice cameo uh in this as well um and then like on top of that you have to think like you know again going back to the criticism of it kind of you know taking a lot of influences from international filmmaking i have the same criticism to this that i have with stranger things where they take a lot of you know 80s iconography and 80s yeah. pop culture and integrate it into the show and they don't really build upon it or turn it into their own thing it kind of they're feels- just Look, it's an aesthetic yeah. choice than anything else. And it's almost like, well, look, we're referencing this thing directly. You know, it's not necessarily subconscious because there's a lot of movies that do it subconsciously. And it's like, okay, like I get that that's a reference to this thing where this, this is front and center, but it's very much just it's so a, showy. That's that's yeah. where the direction is completely showy. And that's the same problem I have with the Duffer brothers, where like it's like they they wear their heart on their sleeves and that's great, but they never build and create their own thing. They always have to kind of cling on to the the thing that they the love as a kid. Love. And they never yeah. create anything that's more than just a really good entertainment. And and this yeah. is what this is as well. I don't think it's there's entertaining anything in a different wrong way. With that personally, like again, I, I love Stranger Things and I think that 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 is mostly 
it mostly works for them. And obviously it works for a, a big audience. And, and I think that's why people like the first two seasons of master of none. Although I would say that the first season is doing what you're saying, where it's taking that and making something unique to Aziz Ansari in that first season. And yeah. And the second season I'm, I'm with you where I enjoyed it as well, but I just don't remember much of that second season. I just remember really loving that first season. Um, but I think I enjoyed both of them for the most part. Um, but yeah, and then in the last, the last, like just where the whole season kind of ends up, I was kind of just, um, I don't know. I just didn't know how to feel. I was like, I don't know whether I'm supposed to like these characters or the point is that, okay, you know, life is complicated. Char- people are complicated. People make mistakes. People do different things like, or they come back and, you know, you latch on to something or, or you go back to what's comfortable or normal, even though like, I, I just don't know. And by the end of it, I was just kind of like, huh, I, I just don't, I don't know about this <laughs> or how I feel about all of this. And without getting into specifics, I just didn't love where it ended up. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 think i understand what it was attempting to do and and yeah. like you mentioned it with like you know people are very complicated and and nobody is perfect and and you know you look at somebody you know from your past and then when you see them a little bit older maybe there's something more there or something that you want to go back to and and they even talk about like you know things being comfortable like i mean that first couple of episodes feels very cozy in a lot of ways because it takes place in the fall and winter and it's very seasonal and and you know even just the 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 environment that they're in like the the farm the the you know the the chickens and the sheep and the analogies that are made there at one point it's 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 all very kind of like a a warm glove or or something like that that kind of feels like you know you you use it for a long period of time. And then after a while, you know, it gets a little bit old and worn and, you know, you, you, you're just not the same person anymore. And then sometimes you go back to it or you reference it as something that you feel is yeah important to you. Or, you know, like there's, there's memories there. There's, there's, there's a lifetime that was invested, you know, in thinking that you were going to do something with, with, with that. And, I think that it's all interesting stuff. I just think that totally, yeah. it it's doesn't necessarily feel like it, it gets that message across in a in a manner that really is saying anything other than just like it's presenting it, which in some ways it's it's good because it's like it's not telling you like, oh, well, you should feel this or that or yeah, this. It's not telling you how to feel. It's just putting it out there and letting you kind of But come for a to show like this, it's like, okay, well, what is this saying for the series? And tonally again, yeah. it's it's very strange because you have this this more grounded moment in the series where you know like the first two seasons were still very much in reality but when they even mention you know the sickening and you think about like all the stuff that dev went through on that you know movie and how kind of cartoonish you know the behind the scenes process was of 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 hollywood and and that version of sort of fame and success or him trying to make it is so different compared to the success that denise is kind of feeling um but I like that conversation between them. Oh, two I do too. But like, even that yeah. feels a little bit rot where like, you know, Dev and his current girlfriend come over and, and sort of yeah. where that goes. And then like, you know, um, Alicia and his girlfriend kind of have, um, this conversation about like wanting to like being afraid to start again at a certain age yeah. and like having to do everything over and over again. And, and that's a theme that also kind of plays out in, in, in part in chapter four, which I think yeah. is done more interesting because it's, it's more observational than it is kind of telling you what to do where, or, or telling you what's going on through the characters sort of dialogue where it does in a way get to a point that it's, 
presenting something, but it doesn't feel like it's really getting into the minutia of it and what that really means. Like, it's almost, again, like a student film version of this where it's like, oh, we've got these ideas, but we don't really do much with them. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, And then I'll talk to you about it afterwards, but I have some questions about the last episode and things like that. But uh, overall, um, liked it, didn't love it. Um, I think it's, it's still a fairly, it's a slow burn and, and, but I think there is enough in there that makes it worth your while. I just don't think that there's anything spectacular. Um, so I'm like, I'm glad it exists. I enjoyed my, you know, three ish hours. I think it is. Um, it doesn't feel uh, that long. I mean, even though it is no. paced specifically, it doesn't like there are shorter episodes. You know? Yeah. It's, two episodes are about 50 minutes and then the rest of them are about 30 minutes. One is only, I think, 23 minutes or something. So they, they vary in length for sure. But I think overall, the season ends up being around three hours or three and a half hours. And um, and uh, so it just feels like, a you know, an art house movie that like, you know, um, that and that's how you could watch it. I watched it in, you know, two sittings with Nevis. So overall liked it, didn't love it. I think, um, Naomi Aki is fantastic. I do like the direction for the, for the most part. Uh, although I agree with you, Eric, that it, you know, it is just very much, you know, just style over substance maybe. Um, yeah. uh, and, uh, and that can be okay sometimes, but in a, sh- in this season where you are trying to have, some substance that substance doesn't really come out or work other than a few different things. We keep referencing episode four is wonderful. And I think the best of this season and one of the best episodes of this show, I think, um, so there's a lot of pros and then, um, so I still think it's worth your while. So I'm going to give it a three out of five. Um, I still think that it, it is worth your time. Um, I just don't necessarily think it's spectacular in any way. I'm also going to give it a three out of five and a uh, good, solid dead president's reference. Yeah. That's vintage Lorenz Tate. Nice. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, We have many other reviews that we would love for you guys to check out right now as I'm going to pull them up. We got Wrath of Man, which is actually going to be available uh, starting May 25th on premium VOD, uh, which we reviewed. Uh, we have uh, another Netflix title, uh, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, which we uh, just reviewed. Um, so you get two Zack Snyder movies in one single year. Can and you handle dead, it? <laughs> can you handle the dead pixels and the dead people? Maybe it's a you know metaphor for zombies. I don't know. Uh, there's a dead pixel in the movie that I thought was just on our screeners, but I guess it's just on the movie. So, you know. <laughs> there's that um uh those who wish me dead uh the woman in the window uh profile oxygen as eric mentioned wrath of man um without remorse things heard and seen lots and lots of uh movies that are available on streaming right now that you can check out our reviews for right here on this channel uh our latest draft of the entitled movie podcast uh it's another feed our our flagship show where eric and i talk about the entertainment industry and what's going on um that'll be available this week uh eric and i will talk about the eternals trailer we'll talk about last night in soho and other news and what we've been watching outside of uh um movies probably mayor of east town some stuff like that that we've been watching so uh go check out our 90 second draft when that's available 
Um, uh, drop us a review if you would be so kind on your podcast service of choice. Uh, check us out on Letterboxd. We have a Letterboxd HQ now that we would love for you guys to go check out. Uh, it's where we'll be housing everything Untitled Movie Podcasts. So all of our reviews, all of our drafts, our ratings, uh, our schedules of what's coming up this week, uh, each week, uh, things like that. Our socials are all there. Eric and I's personal accounts are attached there if you want to, for some reason, follow us uh, as well. Um, yeah, and our, our schedule <laughs> this week, uh, we'll have a 90 second draft. Like I mentioned, um, we will have a review, uh, for Cruella on Wednesday that you guys can check out. Uh, we're hoping to get you a review for spiral finally this week. Um, as well as maybe some impressions on uh, sweet tooth, which is going to be premiering on Netflix as well. So we might have, uh, reactions maybe of the first couple episodes. We're trying to figure out maybe if we want to review the whole season or just the first couple or how we want to do that. But, uh, we will be able to talk about sweet tooth, uh, this week as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. You can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. Uh, go ahead, Eric. Oh, and you can uh, find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Back to life. Back to reality.